Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. I'm Dr. Robin. With me today, I have Brandon Mahoney. He is the co-founder of LaunchPoint Labs, a startup studio where he is an expert in creating sales departments, currently based in Oregon. I have Jim Tam. He is the head of the Dallas office for Keystone Partners, where they help people perform at their best through leadership development and outplacement services. And I have coach MJ Tolan. He is a speaker, author, entrepreneur. He has 35 years experience, has lived in 12 countries, and he is a host of the podcast, I'm Possible, which I have been a guest on. And the question I have for you three today, how do you deal with someone who used to do a really great job and now isn't meeting expectations? Coach, go first. Well, you know, at the end of the day, if you're a leader uh, and you would know this, if you are, people drive your business. And if a person was performing just like your fireplace would be in your house, it was going really good in the beginning, what's happened? Is there anything dampening that? And what would be dampening the spirits or the enthusiasm of the person that's whose performance has gone down? So sidebar. Um, see what's going on. It could be a personal issue. It could be some changes in a policy that have confined them to their performance. It could be new personalities who have entered the, the environment. So it could be an array of things that maybe you're not aware of. So it can be correctable. And just to show them that you care is going to be a big step. And who knows? They might just unpack luggage that is going to unburden them and get them back on track. I always think when I work with my team, if I see that, it's I always go to, oh, there must be a personal issue. But you mentioned it could be a policy issue that's that's demotivating them, particularly in sales. If the company changes their contract and passes something where they say, hey, you're, you're capped here, why would they be motivated to work even harder? And you're not going to see that from maybe some of the, the individuals that that might not ever affect but someone who is a top performer, that could affect them. I know I would agree with all of that, especially if the persons have, have demonstrated that he's he or she is a star performer and all of a sudden started, started to tail. It probably is something mental or the person's in a funk and you always want to give that person the benefit of the doubt. But sometimes, you know, people get into new roles or surrounded by the different cast of characters and they realize that, uh, you know, what worked for them in the past is not working for them right now. And they might need either encouragement or additional training. And that's just where as a leader, you're, obligated to support your people. So you make sure you give them the right resources and put them in the best environment to, to excel or succeed. But you also let them know that it's, you know, you have these standards, those are uncompromising and you mm -hmm. need to, you know, make sure that you hit them. Otherwise we're going to continue to have these conversations. So what I think I'm hearing you all say is don't make assumptions that someone's suddenly being a flake or they're quiet quitting or something like ask the questions is what I'm hearing you say, and then make decisions based on what you hear. And not only that, but having the empathy uh, as a leader and the emotional intelligence as a person to hear them out and then open your bag and say, you know what, I, you were doing such an amazing job before. Your performance was exemplary. And that's why I wanted to come over here and, and just hear what, it, what you had to say, because I want to know how I can support you. I want to know how I can make your life here better and easier because I know you spend more time here than you do with your own family and you matter to me. Mm -hmm. I was a really high performer when I worked in corporate and I definitely can say when you get demotivated and you see them, you know, giving bonuses to people they're trying to motivate and ignoring you, it makes you go, well, well then why do I bother? And they I think promoted, that they promoted Becky, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they do something that makes you go, okay, well then obviously my performance doesn't matter. 
And then they make assumptions about you like, oh, you're not working hard. I I found with, with what I do, I work with a lot of younger individuals that are, that are new to sales and they'll, they'll come in really enthusiastic, enthusiastic. They, they want to make a great impression. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, it's, it's like, it just drops off. And Mm. majority of the time it's, they realize I don't like having a quota. And then I I work with them like, okay, maybe you don't want to be in sales. What do you enjoy doing? What about this role got you excited so we can help you find where you need to be. Sadly enough, I've helped transition a lot of people out of sales because they've discovered that sales isn't for them, which is totally fine. Well, but doesn't that make you a really good manager when you recognize that someone's in the wrong seat and not rather than forcing them and saying, you have to do this, this is your job, saying to them, you know what, this seat's not for you. Let's find a seat that's better for you and get someone in this seat that actually wants it. That's a great point. You just really have to emphasize that I am here to make you successful. It may not be in this role, right now you know because it seems like either your heart's not in it or maybe you just you know don't have what it takes to really perform at at this level so let's let's figure out where we can put you and coach you made the point at the very top people's lives change and brandon you said young people sometimes young people get into sales jobs they're really good at them they can be all hours they can travel they can do all the things and then they have a life change and it's like okay that role never doesn't work anymore and recognizing that and being able to say, I think you're awesome, let's figure out what works, I think is part of what leaders have to get good at. And also act as a casting director. So if you if you were able to interview this person on a one-to-one level basis, heart to heart, and find out you know where the gaps are, where the obstacles are, where they think the resistance is, and we find that they do feel like customer service might be better, as Brandon said, than sales, or that this might be better for them than that, then obviously if you have that power and you have that ability, the easiest thing to do for any boss is to let somebody go. Now, Mm. come on, think about the cost it took to find that person in the first place, the cost of onboarding them, the cost of getting them to perform in that level anyway. So only an idiot would say, okay, you didn't hit your goal, you're out. Um, Mm. A real leader, they are gonna work with that person every way they can. I think there's another aspect too, is being able to notice before their performance starts to tail off. So I know someone right now who has been telling her boss for probably a year, I'm overwhelmed. I can't do this. I can't keep up with this, but because she's a really good worker, he keeps piling stuff on her. Mm -hmm. And she's at the point where she's just like, I'm going to be out. I'm going to quit on him. And I think that noticing at that point is important. Yeah. It's what I call the curse of competency. Coach mentioned something about uh, that triggered something in my mind about career management. I think one of the things that people just need is maybe a pep talk and say, hey, let us help us understand where you ultimately want to be. And then we kind of backtrack this, uh, you know, the the path from where you are now to, 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 you know, get you there. And it might be skills, it might be competencies, but it makes that person feel like, okay, you know, my leader has the best interest, not just today, but long-term at heart. And how do I kind of work with him to, you know, help me get there? And then maybe that's just the, the care to kind of inspire that person to say, hey, I need to step up if I want to get to that place five years from now. Mm-hmm. Can we turn it around? And what if you're on the other side of this, of this seat where you are the person who used to be really performing really highly and for whatever reason, it's not working anymore. What does that conversation look like with your boss to be able to say, I want to be a high performer and I'm not now? I've been called out on that. And I knew it was happening. And, and the reason it was, was actually because of the leader themselves. Uh, I, I like to have autonomy when I'm, when I'm running the ship, when I'm running my team. And the request was constantly, I need to know what's going on every single day, feedback, 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 what's the team saying? And it was just 
overwhelming. And so finally, they, they, the leader came to me and was like, what's going on? You used to be so happy and this and that, but I feel like you're like slowly backing away. And I'm said, I feel like I'm, I'm a messenger between my team and you, and I can't perform that way. Hmm. And so we ended up having a conversation about it and, and coming to an agreement that I would, I would let them know about really important things that are going on. But unless it was something that needed their attention, I was free to do that. And I run into that pretty often when working with a startup. CEOs and founders tend to want to hold everything really, really tightly to, to their, their chest. Micromanagement will definitely hinder your top performers. At some point, you're, you kind of want to hold on to the information because it's your baby. You want to nurture that idea. And you want to hold your cards close because you still have this trust that you haven't built up with some of the other people in the room. So it's a whole different dynamic, Brandon. I guess you would know better than anyone. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. it's. Mm-hmm. But I love it, though. It's it's what's fun about what I do. I yeah. think sometimes we also have very high expectations of ourselves, you know, so we have this very high bar. And sometimes you need a manager to kind of validate, you know, the, the path that you're on. So you might actually think you're not doing well, but then the manager says, hey, I don't see any issue. And, or it's the other way around, right, where, where maybe you have too high of esteem about your abilities mm-hmm. and then it's your managers to kind of bring you back down to earth. But I think the, the most important thing is to be able to have that conversation and with your manager. <laughs> Actually hearing you, I think, is one of the hardest things. I think when you have a really high performer, hearing them say, this is not sustainable and I can't do this is hard because you just want to be able to say, here, I gave you this stuff, run with it. And at some point they have to be able to say, time out. And I think that that's a, an, an error that leaders make is they don't listen to their high performers as well as they should. So that is our 10 minutes. I want to thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I know all of you are really high performers. I'm sure you've had dips. I'm sure you've had people work for you who have dips. So I appreciate you sharing your uh, knowledge with us. And I look forward to speaking to each of you again really soon.